0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. President of Middleton Chamber of Commerce, and recent winner of the Network Cork established Businesswoman of the Year, Adriana Hegarty, talks about cutting her teeth in the super competitive property scene in LA before returning to Ireland to run her successful business, Hegarty Property. She talks about the Irish property market, how Irish SMEs should be able to convert unused spaces into accommodation, and why the Irish property business needs more women at the helm. Adriana, it's great to join you here today. Um, Adriana heads up Hegarty Properties uh, in Cork, uh, Hegarty Property in in Middleton County, Cork. And um, Adriana, I'd like to hear about your your, your backstory. From what I understand is you, you you spend a lot of time in America and you'd be familiar with how the property market works over there.
1: I did, yes. And before that, actually in Cyprus. But yes, Los Angeles was very different, but exciting. And quite noticeable, it was mainly females back then. That's in, gosh, I moved there in 1990. And at that point, it was mainly females selling property in Los Angeles. And yes, and there you would have gone after the purchaser and you had to have a lot of purchasers knowing what they wanted. Whereas here, we need vendors, we need people selling houses, but there it's to get the people that are buying and looking after the buyers. You're almost a buyer's agent.
0: And what was it like over there? Because the 90s was obviously a pivotal time in America and, you know, um, you know, LA. LA, it's kind of like you've got Hollywood, you've got, you know, all the... You know, it, it, the whole world culturally looks to what goes on, in, particularly in LA, or it's informed by the drama and TV that comes out of there on <laughs> the entertainment industry. And when you look at what goes on over there, like I mean, even if you turn on your TV in a hotel room in LA, you're hit by the amount of sheer amount of real estate uh, sales going on. And in fact, realtors are so part of the cultural fabric they even appear in in, in many dramas as part of this, the plot line. Um, what what was it like? Was it really glitzy or was it kind of hard work?
1: No, it wasn't glitzy. It was hard work, yes. Mm. And very, very competitive. So you were, you know, working against all the other agents to bring in, you know, to have this buyer that you drove around with them for maybe a week, showing them a lot of property. No, it's it's not the plan that you think it is at all.
0: No, no. (laughs) And also the house propositions are very different as well. I mean, uh, the sort thing that always makes me aghast that America is the sheer cost of everything. Everything seems to be lots of spend, lots of money on things. Um in fact I don't think you can walk ten ten feet from your hotel room and have them spend money. It's it's just it's a very it's, it's very commercial environment. And you know, you know the, the how did you find how do you find the difference between the, the realtor or the property market in in, in NA versus Ireland?
1: It just is completely different. You know, here I'm working for trying to get vendors, trying to establish my name. Whereas there you could go along to a house and all of the agents have the same house. And there was a little keypad on the door and you had the code and you brought your people in, your buyer in. And just very, very different. I think I prefer, I much prefer the work here. Than mm. um, than working for a purchaser, I like the idea of selling more, of setting up the house, and what I do here is much
0: more interesting. Yeah, it sounds it sounds quite. I won't say aggressive, but certainly very competitive. Uh, we, we, you know, here we appoint a, someone to sell the house, and and there it seems to be, it's like multiple agencies can act until someone finally emerges as the, as the seller and and did that set you up then for you know success in terms of maybe having to compete in such a very competitive environment how does that kind of set you up for you know business and life in general
1: yeah exactly when i opened my office in middleton i was adamant back then that I would not do multiple agencies, and I find it quite shocking. You drive around and you pass past half now how long ago is that that is nearly twenty years ago, and there could be three estate agent signs on a on one house and when I opened the business, I flatly refused to take on. a house with another agent and that was difficult because people would ring me up and they'd say oh I have so and so selling my house will you put your sign on it and I'd say no sorry I only do sole agency Mm. so that was a bit of a shock in in Middleton when I opened up but I was delighted to do it my way I was adamant from the beginning Mm. I'd, I'd start you know start fresh and start to do it differently
0: And did you find time in America, like, I mean, obviously you went over in the 90s. Were you just out of college at the time or?
1: No, no, I had just got married and my husband's job brought us to America. He was in the corporate world. And um, I decided then while I was there, I I had already been in real estate. So I decided to get my license in L.A. It only took me three months to get it. (laughs) So that was quite fast. And then I worked with a lady, and she she was the most successful lady in Palos Verdes. She was one of the big realtors, but she happened to be Irish. Wow. And um, I got a job working with her. That's and, cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and I loved her. She since has passed away. Ah. She was a bit. I learned quite a bit from her. Yeah, she's uh, she was a great lady, fantastic, and hadn't lost her Irish ways, even though she had gone to the States when she was about 19. She had lived there all her life and really successful.
0: And um, in terms of, the, you know, the, the culture over there and how it might have rubbed off on you, I mean, I know you came back to Cork with a very principled way of doing how you want how you want to go, go about uh, selling houses and, and properties in general. Um, did, did you find it made, made you more entrepreneurial? Did some of the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit over there kind of rub off on you or did you find it was already inside you?
1: No, it was already in me. No, I had it already because before la we had moved to cyprus mm. and i started working in real estate in cyprus then you know i got in with a company there and that so i had a lot of different experiences you know my original start point was in Monaghan with with finton gun in yeah he's now dublin and passed away as well so i would have started with him when i was 17. Mm. in in Monaghan and then he opened in Ballsbridge in Dublin and I worked with him in Dublin. So I had quite a bit experience before I ever hit Cyprus or L.A.,
0: very good, and and like you're 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 also the president of Middleton Chamber of Commerce, um, you know. And you, as mentioned there, you won the Network Cork Established Businesswoman of the Year. In, in terms of the getting the business off the ground and becoming a part of the local fabric of, of the business community in Middleton, how, how did that all come about?
1: Yes, I started initially working from home, and. Um, was really giving advice to a lot of people free and then I sort of realised there was a little bit of a market there for me so I opened up just calling myself Adriana Hegarty and and started from there but then I grew my business and then decided I would move into Middleton and open an office Mm. and I was a blow in Mm. and um, even to get established um, it was I was the only female, I suppose, setting up, and at that point, there were already eight estate estate agents in a small town. So breaking in, um, you know it was it was okay. One of my first uh, block of apartments that I got for sale was through a woman. It was her <laughs> husband selling a block of apartments in Cork City, and she I had done some work for her, and she insisted with her husband to give me the sale of the block of apartments. So that was fantastic because when I opened up, I had, you know, I had this block of apartments and I'd already gone after housing development in the local area as well. And I had got through that and, you know, passed the interview with the builder and his wife. And it was his wife that gave me the business and gave me, pushed him to give it to me. So that was quite nice.
0: And, and I suppose that's the thing. I mean, um, the 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 real estate business in Ireland today is it still very male dominated, and and how do we change that?
1: Yes, it is. There are a lot of young females coming in in working in offices, but they're very they're still around. You know, the office would still be run by men. So I think seeing somebody like me, and especially through, I suppose, network Cork and being president of the chamber it's good for young women to see this. And I, you know, I've tried to mentor, you know, I'd have a few different girls that would have come up that we would have tra- trained here and they moved on. And um, I would be, I'm very happy to go along and mentor young girls that they can. I think I'm just a good example. That's a good help.
0: Mm. And I think the, uh, the also the other thing is the property market in Ireland itself is quite a uh, divisive topic at the moment, I mean, in terms of, you know, people trying to even get on the property ladder, the, you know, um, the, the, the homelessness situation. Um, you know, when you look at the, the property market in Ireland, I mean, you know, we, and again, it's, it's divisive as well, because we also we had the property crash of about 13 years ago, 14 years ago, 15 years ago even. Um, so, so the... the the, the subject of property ownership is quite an emotive one in ireland and i often kind of wonder hold on a minute we're like one thirteenth the population of the uk and we have this island that's pretty much geographic terms half the size of the same (laughs) of the the uk so we we have we we do have a lot of land now i do know it's all it's all caught up in ownership and and everything has to be zoned and all that kind of thing and you know it's not as simple as to say here's build your house right here but for a country that has a small population and a lot of space, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's quite beguiling why we have such issues that we have. From, from your perspective as a practitioner in the market, as somebody who helps the, the buying and the selling of property, um, you know, I mean, I know if you had a magic wand, what would you do, I suppose, to try and kind of make us have a, a more healthy uh, approach to property whereby people who want to come on the ladder can save and get on the ladder? People who want to trade up or trade down can do so at ease, and that, that 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 it's it's still grabbing the headlines for decades now. That you know, it shouldn't be this complicated, or should it?
1: No, I think we are getting there slowly but surely. There are a lot of, for instance, in Middleton and East Cork, there are about a thousand new houses and more coming on stream. Mm. So the government have given, they have given planning for more and more housing. And also the, the first-time buyers grant helps a lot. So that works out about 30,000. So young people, to you know, buying a new house, they can get the first-time buyers grant. Mm-hmm. And that has been a big help. The only thing is that there's still a lot of derelict buildings. Even sitting here in my office and I look across the road, there are a number of buildings have just been sitting idle for the last twenty years, mm. and nothing being done with them, and that is a disgrace.
0: I think you're right because because i i, I grew up in uh, i grew up in the country and I live in a small town, and the nearest t- towns over to me. Uh, come six o'clock, the whole town shuts down, and I recall growing up. First of all, when I grew up in the seventies and eighties. Where I grew up in the country, you know, there was always a house an estate being built somewhere. There was always something going on in terms of construction, but also people lived above the shops. People lived in the in you know there was there was no there was no empty buildings. But when I walked down the street of my hometown uh, after six o'clock, uh, any anyway, any anyway, night particularly between Monday and say Wednesday, it's dead and there's no lights on above the shops or anything like that. Is that kind of what you mean? In, in not just in terms of buildings not being used, but like we have these. Like shops used to be where the shopkeeper and the families used to live. Even banks used to have the bank manager and their families used to live above the bank. So you have all these buildings that only the ground floors are being used. And maybe some of the offices are maybe being used by solicitor firms or some firms on the street. But mostly they're being used for storage.
1: And a lot of that has got to do with fire, safety. There, there are too many complications mm. to move it over to residential you know they're making it very, very complicated and mm. very expensive to do it. Yeah. That's the big, big issue. If the government in some way could just make it so, so that little bit easier to do it.
0: Yeah, and it comes down to planning as well, isn't there? Planning laws that kind of restrict it. And course-
1: well, the planning laws are are quite good now because if we say you have a pub and you want to buy the pub and turn it around into a residential that can be done now without planning. Mm. Before this, you would have to go for change of use and go through planning, and that was costly. So mm. now you can you can just do it. But that's very, very expensive, because you can imagine a pub and toilets and kitchen at the back of the pub. So it, I think there needs to be bigger grants given to encourage it. There's just mm. not enough of money given towards the empty, the derelict buildings. There is a grant, but it's not enough. And the restrictions, they need need to come back a bit on the restrictions. And I know they're there for a reason. They're there for fire safety and all of that. But they're going to have to make it somewhat easier.
0: There's so
1: many villages and towns in Ireland, even around Cork and in Cork City, yeah. L- numerous empty buildings.
0: Numerous. Well, well, these aren't these aren't nuclear reactors they're building. They're 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 structures with walls and ceilings, right? And so they should. It shouldn't be rocket science to do this, uh, from the point of view of SMEs and you know the kind of grants that are available. Um, you know, are they sufficient? Are how how do you like if if an SME wanted to convert, say, you know. You know an old office or or, or a shop or, or or a building into 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 a residential unit is what what sports are there and are they sufficient
1: yeah like, there is a 50,000 fifty thousand 50, euro grant, but you have to come up you have to pay the money up front hmm. and that's i think that's too much if there be some if there was some other way that you you um that you don't have to give the money before you start. Because a lot of people have to get a loan first to buy the property and to get. I think that's difficult. Mm. Again, if the government could think of easier ways, it's, it's, it's just not enough.
0: Yeah, I can ask you just as the president of the Middleton Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, when you think of towns, towns themselves and, you know, bringing business into towns, now, now we have now lovely motorways crisscrossing our nation and I wouldn't for one second say I say give us more please, but the, at the same time we need to make sure that towns are getting footfall and after the pandemic in particularly in particular like there was often seen as a, a move to the country by people who basically thought well we've lived in the city and you know we maybe find that you want to change our our, our work-life balance we want to live in a place that's productive to bring up our our kids my attitude on on, on it all is as well as that the more people living in a local area means there's more people buying bread and milk in the local shop which means creates more jobs you know for a long long time the cities have been a kind of a you know a kind of a you know, vacuum cleaner sucking in all the people to to live there, whereas now remote working is possible. People can work and live anywhere. In terms of Middleton as as a town and how it's uh, kind of facilitating maybe the fact that there are more people who can work for anywhere. They can work for multinationals. They can work for SMEs. They can be entrepreneurs, but they can work at home. They can work at co-working hubs. And how should we be rethinking our national fabric and structure to kind of create more? Vibrant economies, particularly around towns, you know, like Middleton, which I imagine is a, is a, is a pretty big sized town and you know it's a, a bigger a big town in this region.
1: Yeah, I actually think you know with the town planners, they're not doing enough to care for our small towns. Here in Middleton, we have a lot of discount stores, and it wasn't like that, but it is now. And even with regard to signage, you know. I don't like naming, but there's a lot of plastic signs allowed, and you know, they should, to keep the old traditional signage and the streetscape to have bring more life into the town. I think we are definitely losing a lot in our towns. You know, we have lovely main streets, and trying to keep that alive is hard when. Um, you know shops a lot of people buying online it is difficult for for small for towns even middleton which was always an amazing great town you know it's it's um, i can see it is difficult to get the foot, footfall and thank goodness we still have our, our main banks on the main street you know we've mm. irish permanent aib bank of ireland and for that very reason people have to come into town mm. you know there's still a lot of people coming into our banks But too many, they allow, I think the planners allow too many pound discount shops. And that doesn't help. It's not Mm -hmm. helping.
0: So people need to think about more of the the kind of the the destination of what a town is, because if if you go back 50 years or more, sometimes towns like Middleton would have had the, you know, every Friday there would probably be them, or Wednesday or whatever day it was, the march would be on, or there'd be something that would kind of bring in the, the wider populace as a destination or different fairs, of course, and things. But, you know, the the way we live these days, people buy online, they, they might take a day out and go to a shopping centre. It's, it's how do you make the towns probably more attractive to go as destinations
1: we're very lucky actually in middleton because we have a farmer's market mm. and that was set up by doreena allen the ballymanoo cookery school and that is a ama- that's great for any town so that's held every saturday mm. and it's buzzy there's music great traders that is a big attraction now with middleton so keeping that going, keeping the farmers' market going, and people supporting it is important. I think a lot of towns now have have farmers' markets on Saturdays, and that's that's really good. And I suppose as my my role as president of the Chamber of Commerce, I'm trying to get I'm and again because I'm in the business, I'm meeting an awful lot of people, and a lot of people are working remotely. Mm. And it's hard for them to network and to meet people in, you know, meet their neighbours, meet, make friends. So I would do a lot of that. I'm getting a lot of these remote workers to actually join the chamber. And that has been fantastic.
0: Very good. The
1: final to, get to know each other.
0: Very good. And the final question is uh, the future of your own business. Um, what, what would you, what, What's your ambition for, for Hegarty Property?
1: To keep giving the good service, to keep doing what we're doing, and, uh, you know, um, grow. I am growing the staff, you know, and we're continuously updating our marketing, our Instagram, all of that. Yeah.
0: It's all, all good. <laughs> Thank you so much. All
1: good. All good. <laughs>